smart speaker. This is Bro Radio. Seven. Russia's accused Ukraine of a terror attack after a plane crash near the border between the two countries. Moscow claims the military aircraft was carrying 65 Ukrainian prisoners of war ahead of a handover. Igor Konoshenkov is from the Russian Defence Ministry. The Ukrainian leadership knew very well that according to established practice, today Ukrainian military personnel would be transported by military transport aircraft to the Belgorod airfield for exchange. By carrying out that terrorist attack, the Ukrainian leadership showed its true colours. Kyiv says the claims are unverified and it couldn't have known who was on board. A post office investigators told the Horizon Inquiry he still thinks a sub-postmaster was stealing, even though his wrongful conviction was overturned. Raymond Grant was involved in the embezzlement case against William Corm from the Outer Hebrides. Joe Hamilton, who was also wrongly convicted because of faulty IT software, says it's depressing. It's a corporate mentality that we're all thieving from them for some unknown reason. You know, they, even when it's spelled out to them, they still think we're thieving. I don't know what needs to happen to change that. And maybe post office doesn't need to be here anymore. The Foreign Secretary is expected to call for an urgent humanitarian pause in the Israel-Gaza war on a visit to the Middle East. Lord Cameron's expected to raise concerns about the high number of civilian casualties. Council leaders say there needs to be reform of local government finance. Authorities in England will receive £500 million in emergency funding for social care. And the nominations for this year's Brit Awards are out, with Ray leading the way with seven nods. That's the most ever by a single artist in one year. Sport next, Liverpool have a 2-1 aggregate lead going into the second leg of their EFL Cup semi-final at Fulham later. The winners will meet Chelsea in the final. Rangers will move to within five points of Scottish Premiership leader Celtic with a win at Hibs. That's the latest. I'm Faye Rupp. From the Borough Radio Newsroom, I'm Gareth Joy. Police say a missing woman was spotted at the water's edge at Poth Call before she disappeared. Four Coast Guard teams have spent a second day looking for her on the shoreline. An eight-hour search involving lifeboats and helicopters took place overnight. Crews from Barry, Lanswick Major and St. Affan were among those who have been taking part in the search. The WIU has called for breathing space on repaying a COVID recovery loan from the Welsh Government. Two years ago, the governing body was given £18 million to help the four Welsh regions, but now they've warned changes made after a damning report into its workplace culture faced cuts without it. A review found evidence of sexism, misogyny and homophobia. Talks are continuing on resolving a dispute over bad pupil behaviour at Pencoidra High School in Bowie. Union leaders have called off a two-day strike by teachers, which was due to begin this morning. They've previously accused Vale Council of failing to bring in measures to tackle the problem. The council says it's welcomed the move by the NASUWT. And the Luke Littler effect is giving a boost to a new youth darts club. It was recently set up in Kogan and has already seen its membership double since the 17-year-old came close to winning the PDC World Championship. Dean Ford is from Kogan Coronation. So this is someone where they can look up to and actually be like, well, if he can do it, why can't we? we got youngsters in there from 12. We've got people coming from Cardiff, coming down from, from Dennis Powis, from Panath as well, as well as Kogan. The Luke Littler effect is, is real, you know, and we're seeing that firsthand. And there's more on that story on the Veil this week tonight at 7 on Bro Radio. 
Staying with sports, injury fears surrounding George North appear to have eased. The Wales centre has linked up with the Six Nations squad after he picked up a shoulder injury while playing for Ospreys. He's sitting out full training until the weekend, but is expected to be fit for their opener against Scotland. Weather with Composite Doors Cardiff. Veil glazing services from your local multi-award winning experts in secure windows and doors. Visit compositedoorscardiff.co.uk or find us on Facebook. Today in the Vale, expect cloudy skies with a temperature of 7 degrees. Tomorrow, there will be more clouds in the sky. This is Bro Radio. Bro Radio. The Vale's local radio station. Good evening, you're listening to The Veil this week from Bro Radio. Now it's seven days to go until the self-assessment deadline. Last year, over 25,000 people here in The Veil and 46,000 in Cardiff submitted a self-assessment. We'll speak to Simon Morkin from HMRC about what you need to do to get your self-assessment ready, as well as clearing up some recent news about having to file should you sell online. We'll also hear from a Barry man who's working with the Royal British Legion to create a definitive book of Second World War casualties from the Barry area. Dr John Jonathan Hicks has used his 20-year experience to create the book, but needs your help in filling a few of the gaps. And has the Luke Littler effect really made a difference to darts? We'll speak to a new under-18 dart club in Kogan, who's seen a huge interest within their first two weeks of opening. Plus, we'll get a roundup of the week's local news, events and sport in the Vale of Glamorgan over the last seven days. Now, here comes another hour of great music and local information. On the Vale's local radio station.
This is The Veil this week from Brew Radio with local music from James Fox. That is called The Way That We Were here on Brew Radio's Veil this week. And if you're making music in The Veil of Glamorgan, get in touch via music at brewradio.fm and you could be featured here on Brew Radio and The Veil this week. Right now, let's get some of the top news stories being read via brewradio.fm over the last seven days. A devastating near 25% cut in apprenticeship funding could cost the Welsh economy more than £400 million over the long term, the Senate has heard. Luke Fetch said the proposed cuts to apprenticeships are the bigger since devolution began, warning that it risks undermining the Welsh Government's economic strategy. Mr Fletcher said Cardinville College Group estimates the total lifetime economic loss from the proposed cuts of between £296 and £406 million. Meanwhile, a police inspector has insisted that officers are getting on top of antisocial behaviour on a busy Barry Road. South Wales Police Inspector Gareth Charles told member of the Vale Council's Community Liaison Committee at a meeting last Thursday that the issues of antisocial behaviour was raised by shopkeepers on Halton Road last year. Inspector Charles said ringleaders had identified and dealt with, but added that dispersing the issue had caused it to move on elsewhere. Cardiff and Vale College has launched a pre-planning application consultation for two new campuses in the Vale of Glamorgan. The consultation launches following the approval by the Welsh Government in 2023 for the college's outlined business case for the £100 million investment. Now Cardiff and Vale College, in partnership with WEPCO, with consultants on its plans by submitting before submitting a planning application for both campuses. And a business which started in Dinis Paris has received investment from Gary Neville and Tuka Sullivan in the latest edition of Dragon's Den. Cozy Cinema is the creation of married couple John and Sean Coldry and aims at movie lovers, sports fans and box set bingers delivering a home-from-home cinema experience. The pair received a £60,000 investment, securing the full amount from Neville and Sullivan in return for both receiving 10% of the business each. And as always, there's more local news on the news pages at broradio.fm and you can send us your stories as well via news at broradio.fm
Listen to the Vale this week from Bro Radio. Now, are you one of the nearly 70,000 people across Cardiff and the Vale of Glamorgan who file a self-assessment? Many of us leave it until the last minute with seven days to go until the self-assessment deadline. I'm joined by Simon Morkin from HMRC. So, Simon, for anyone who doesn't know, what kind of situation do you need to be uh, and why would you need to file a self-assessment? Basically, if you're earning over a thousand pounds a year from something, then that's when you need to tell us about it. So, um, if you're a sole trader, you'll probably know anyway, you've got to file a self-assessment. You know, if you work for yourself, um, I was self-employed for many, many years when I had a successful radio career, Nathan. But, um, um, if you are self-employed, you're a sole trader, you'll probably be in the routine of filing your self-assessment before the January 31st deadline. But for some people, they may not realize that they, they need to tell us about income they've got. So, a, a recent example is side hustles. So a lot of people through um, lockdown, through the pandemic, they set up little businesses. You know, like I spoke to a guy on a podcast the other week who through lockdown, him and his partner started personalizing items. I think like water bottles and cups and things like that. And they did it as a hobby. And now it's a thriving business. And they realized that because they're earning over a thousand pounds a year from it, they needed to start filing a self-assessment. And while it might be like, oh, you know, I didn't realize I had to do that. Uh, this guy told me that because he'd filed the self-assessment and it was proven income, when he came to get a mortgage, they could put their actual jobs, you know, their P- PAYE um, income that they earned through their daytime jobs. They could add the self-assessments on top as proven income from HMRC's tax returns to the bank and and they got a better mortgage for it so there are benefits to doing that but there are other reasons as well nathan like if you're if you're earning over a hundred thousand pounds a year or if you're claiming child benefit and you as an individual your salary goes over fifty thousand pounds you might need to start telling us then so because everyone's situation's different there's actually a checker a tool on our website where you can check if you need to send a self-assessment tax return so if any of those things i've mentioned there uh, uh, ring true with you and you think i just want to check then go to gov.uk and search check if you need to send a self-assessment tax return and there's a few questions on there click 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 and it will let you know whether you're likely to need to file a self-assessment and as you mentioned there, many people will have filed a self-assessment over a number of years, but there are those new people who, if they're in over a £1,000 for some of those side hustles you mentioned, selling things on eBay as such um, and other sites, uh, now need to make sure they file a self-assessment. So for someone doing that for the first time, how do they go about doing that? Well, the first thing to know is at the start of the year, we did see some media reports that, um, you, you, you know, if you're selling things online, you need to let HMRC know. That's not always the case. It was whipped up a little bit. 
Um, the basic rule is if you sell goods or services for over a thousand pounds a year, then that's when you should be letting us know about it through self-assessment. But if you're getting rid of old stuff that's been in your loft, uh, been in your garage, you know, an old push chair, some of your old clothes, you know, you bought, you bought a top for a tenner and it's now worth a couple of quid, but you're going to stick it online. You don't need to let us know about that. You know, you're not running a business. You're getting rid of some old stuff and um, you aren't making a profit from it. So you don't need to worry about telling us then. But if you are buying things with the intent to, you know, do them up or upcycle and, and it's a business, then that's when you need to tell us about it. So in answer to your question about what do you need to do? So you need to get online to gov.uk. If you search for self-assessment, there's a guide that walks you through it. There's a lot of help available online. And if you've got a really simple self-assessment, Nathan, you can probably do it yourself online. It's fairly simple. There are guides on YouTube as well that we've done on our HMRC Gov UK YouTube channel. And if you get stuck at any point, there's our digital assistant, there's help guides. There's little bits, you know, where you hover over the question mark and it will give you examples of what kind of information you need to input. If it's very complicated, you know, it's up to you you can go off and and get some help or advice either from a friend who's done it or you know maybe you want want to get an accountant that's entirely up to you but there's a lot of help and information on gov.uk just search for self-assessment and and see if you can get started there and at the point we're chatting now it's seven days to go until the deadline obviously the big push is to get people to do it last minute i've been in that position myself uh, filling in self-assessment and there is a thing of like oh i'll just leave it till next week i can do it next week it's all fine what why is it so important i guess in terms of getting these things done earlier in the year well there are benefits as you said i mean i'm the kind of person who i do try to be as organized as i can in life uh, i don't like running late for things whether that's a train a meeting or anything um, which is ironic because I ran late for uh, having this chat with you today. But there are benefits to filing early. And the main one is that you'll beat the January rush. So obviously everyone is, many people leave it to last minute. We know that uh, there are 3.8 million people yet to file their tax return as we speak right now. Um, so the, bo- the, the benefits to filing early are planning. You'll find out what you owe for the tax year as soon as you've filed. So that helps you to be more accurate, you know, with your financial planning. You can budget so you can actually spread the cost of your tax bill with weekly or monthly payments. You can use our budget payment plan tool and that will help you guide through the year what you, what you owe. Also for a refund. You can check if you do a refund through our HMRC app. So once you've filed and submitted that return, it will ping up in the app if you're entitled to a refund. So you'll get that that back quicker, but also help. You'll you'll be able to access all the online guides. You know, so if you are stuck with something, you'll have more time to, to, to get the help that you need. And also, I'd say above anything, things go wrong in life, right? Your broadband goes down. Um, you might have a sudden emergency at home. The bathroom leaked in our house the other week and we suddenly had to cancel bits and bobs that we'd planned. So just, just getting it, getting it done as early as you can in the tax year, um, I think makes your life a lot easier. So file as early as you can if you want to, want to get organized. And finally, we've mentioned it a few times already, but where can people find out more information if they think they might need to put their self-assessment in or maybe they've not done it as of yet? So if you've not done it as of yet and you need to get started on it, go to gov.uk and search self-assessment. You'll find all the help there and on YouTube as well. Starting a self-assessment is on our HMRC Gov UK channel. And if you've heard bits and bobs today and think, oh, I didn't realise, but maybe I have to complete a self-assessment, the tool to check is on gov.uk. Just search, check if you need to send a self-assessment tax return. And the key thing is, 
if you didn't realize that you had to file one and suddenly you've 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 heard this and checked and you do need to file one get in touch with us we will always work with you to help get organized you know if if you if it's a genuine mistake and your customer and your reasons are genuine why you've you've not filed one yet and you need help we are here to help that was simon morkin from hmrc and there's more details about the self-assessment deadline right now on the news pages at broradio.fm this is the veil this week from bro radio but we made it yeah we made it Hear the bar shutting down, but we're staying. Yeah, we're staying. Only got so long till the morning comes, and life is too short to be wasted. So light me up, twist me something good, make it strong enough, last long enough. Before the night is up, just give me something good. Listen to the veil this week from Bro Radio. Still to come before eight o'clock this evening, we'll hear from a Barry man who's working with the Royal British Legion to create a definitive book of Second World War casualties from the Barry area. And do you think the Luke Little effect has really made a difference to darts? Well, one club that's just started in Kogan has seen a huge interest, despite only being two weeks in to opening. We'll find out more soon on the veil this week. This is Bro Radio. Bro Radio. Are you a small business owner or an entrepreneur? TL Systems, a specialist in supporting sole traders and small businesses with their IT and telephone needs. We'll supply your internet, phone, office, security and web hosting and then back it all up so your data is safe. Our rates are very affordable for you as a small business owner. We can supply everything and give you peace of mind with a maintenance contract from as little as £30 per month. TL Systems. Call us for a chat on 01446 747 702. Pop into our shop at the bottom of Holton Road, Barry, or visit tlsystems.co.uk. 
Mac Events presents City Rocks Live. Three amazing tribute acts. Flash, a tribute to Queen. Status Quo, Quo Incidents. And Credence Clearwater Revival, Credence UK. City Rocks is live at the Tramshed Cardiff on May the 18th and is proudly sponsored by Ruckley's. Tickets just £28 or upgrade to VIP from just £38. City Rocks. Book now at Mac Events. Now, here comes another hour of great music and local information on the Vale's local radio station. Listen to Vale this week from Brewer Radio. Still to come, we'll find out if the Luke Little effect has hit darts here in the Vale of Glamorgan, and from a Barry man who's working with the Royal British Legion to create a definitive book of Second World War casualties. Right now, though, let's have a look at some of the events taking place in the Vale of Glamorgan over the next seven days. Uh, we kick off with the Barrytown Mayor Quiz. You might be able to catch that still this evening. It's taking place at Craft Republic in Barry. Uh, the Mayor's Charities Two Wish and Mind in the Vale are going to benefit from this one. Uh, meanwhile, you can head out to uh, uh, Roos on Friday. Graham Lovick Edwards is taking a talk at the Roos and District History Society based on his book, The Historic Pubs of Wales. The event takes place at Stuart Road Community Centre from the 7pm. Entry is £2 on the door. It's all about the legends and folklores tied up in the old pubs of the Vale of Glamorgan. Meanwhile, Penarth Athletic Club has their first monthly quiz of the year this Friday night from 7.30pm. It's a minimum donation of £2 per person with all proceeds going to Vlindra Cancer Centre. Don't worry though, if you haven't got a team to get 
together because you can just go along there and make up one on the day. Book your table right now via 07761 uh, Elsewhere on Friday night, Musicals for Macmillan is combining the joy of entertaining with the opportunity to contribute to a meaningful cause. There'll be something for everyone along the evening with performances from local musical theatre aficionados, including special guest performances from the students at Tread in the Board. It'll all raise money for Macmillan as well. If you fancy going along, tickets are £10. It starts at 7pm and it's on this coming Friday night. And finally as well, sing and dance away those January blues on Sunday with the wonderful Green Street who are making their Panath Lawn Tennis Club debut. Sorry, it's taking place Saturday night. Uh, for more details on the next few weeks' events at the Panath Lawn Tennis Club, search for them online. And you can list your event to get it mentioned here on the Vale's local radio station by going to lovethevale.wales. <laughs> like sun lays me down with my mind she runs throughout the night no need to fight never a frown with golden brown every time just like the last on her ship tied to the mast two distant lands takes both my hands never a frown Golden Brown Golden Brown Fine attempt dress Through the ages She's heading west from far away, stays for a day, never a frown with golden brown.
You're listening to The Veil this week from Bro Radio on this Wednesday morning. Now, you may have read on our website over the last seven days the story of a local historian working to create a definitive Second World War Roll of Honour book, and he's been seeking some additional details to help him create that. Dr Jonathan Hicks spoke to me earlier in the week and first began by reflecting on the book created a number of years ago to recognise the role of honour for the First World War. Okay, well, I've been researching uh, Barry's War Dead for the last 20 years or so, and starting, obviously, with the role of honour in Barry Memorial Hall. But that just gives scant details. It gives a surname and an initial. And I've spent an awful lot of time looking through all of those just to see if I could find out any information who these people were, what happened to them, where they lived in Barry, and so on. And it's quite evident from early on that there were mistakes on the role of honour and when you think of the whole process of people applying to have their loved ones put on a role of honour and it wasn't until the 1930s for example after the first world war that it obviously became a bit a bit difficult in terms of coordinating the whole thing families had moved away families had died off completely and it was very much hearsay where names were submitted and there was no internet obviously in those days where you could check details it was all taken if you like on on, on trust and names were put on uh, the memorial hall role of honour with that end in mind so what I began really just researching individuals because I wanted to put stories to those names and if I could faces to the names as well so I was asked by the um, Barry Branch of the Royal British Legion in 2021 had I now a definitive list of casualties from the First World War well I said I got a definitive list as of today but things might change as further information emerges in the future. But I can certainly give you a different, more expanded role of honour for Barry's uh, dead of the First World War. So as a result of a, a bequest by uh, a late member of the Barry branch, Tommy Nettleship, we were able to fund the production and the publishing costs of a role of honour, definitive role of honour, of the people who served in the three services and, of course, the Merchant Navy as well, or as it was known in the First World War, the Mercantile Marine. And now, looking at where we are now, you're looking at creating a a new book of remembrance. So tell us how this book's come about and the kind of information and work that's gone into that to date. Well, uh, the 6th of June 2024 is the 80th anniversary of D-Day, of course. And I was approached by Roy and Teresa Goodwin of the branch, uh, whether or not we could do something similar now, but for the Second World War. And again, that's entailed an awful lot of work. Uh, Tommy Nettleship's bequest has uh, funded the uh, publication costs of that the printing costs so it meant then i could go back and have a look at the second world war roll of honor and indeed found many more names which are missing from barry memorial hall so again with the help of the uh, byron from the local branch of the merchant navy i've able been able now to produce a more expanded more definitive list of the role of honor for the second world war and as part of that, part of your work is to try and put pictures and stories to these kind of names. So there's more than just a name on a plaque or in a book. And you've identified a couple of names where you're looking to find a little bit more information about them and hopefully to put a picture and a face towards that name. Yes. Um, working again with my wife, Wendy, we've come up with six people who perished, sadly, during the Second World War or as a result of their injuries sustained during the war, which is important to remember as well, because these men and women came home with injuries which cut their lives short in the 1940s. So I'm looking for photographs 
in particular of six men who uh, sadly passed away as a result of enemy, enemy action. But nevertheless, it would be fascinating to put, include in the book itself, in this, the appendix, which is all about the uh, people who won gallantry awards, commendations and so on, if we had their photographs to go with the stories, to go with their names. And tell us a little about those individuals you found and the information you've got so far to kind of start painting those pictures about those people's lives. Okay, the first one is uh, Sergeant John Langworthy, and he served in the Royal Armour Corps, and he was a driver, we think, in a tank, and he won the military medal uh, while serving in the Western Desert in 1942, fighting against Rommel and the Africa Corps. And he survived that uh, unfortunate conflict, but then in February 1945, just as the Allies were about to enter Germany for the first time, he was killed in a tank action at the Battle of the Reichswald Forest on the border between Holland and Germany. And it would be really interesting to see what, a photograph of what John looked like. And then we have uh, three merchant seamen who were killed in the Second World War. The first one is Second Officer William Edward Richards, and he died on the 2nd of April 1943 when his vessel, the Melbourne Star, uh, was torpedoed by a German U-boat. The ship sank very, very quickly. The lifeboats were destroyed, but several men went into the water. We know that probably about 15 of them managed to cling to two rafts and one that had 11 survivors on it, which may well have contained William, who um, was from Barry Island. He lived in Barry Island with his wife, Mary. He may well have survived, but unfortunately that raft drifted off into the cold wastes of the North Atlantic, and they were never seen again. But on the other raft, four men managed to stay alive for 38 days in the freezing cold conditions without with precious little food, precious little fresh water, absolutely extraordinary. But it's second officer William Edward Richards from Redbrink Crescent, Barry Island. I'm looking for a photograph of him as well. The next uh, person is Master Charles Faulkner Linton, and he was awarded, as William Edward Richards was, the King's Commendation for Brave Conduct. And he died on the 20th of February 1943, aged 60, when his vessel again was torpedoed, sunk in the Atlantic... He lived in Barry with his wife in Broad Street. And again, it would be wonderful to see a photograph of what happened to him. Master Robert David Miller, and the word master in this situation actually... Um, the word master in this situation actually means that they were the captains of their ships. And Robert David Miller had previously been awarded the King's Commendation for Brave Conduct uh, for his work. And also as a result of his actions during the sinking of his vessel in March 1943 he was awarded the Lloyd's War Medal absolutely extraordinary because very calmly very much like the captain of the Titanic if people can picture that he was commended for his calmness in just getting all the passengers and the crew into the lifeboats such as existed uh, and then he chose not to step aboard one of them and he went down with his ship and he was living uh, in Lancashire at the time, but he was born in Barry. So again, it'd be wonderful to see what he actually looked like. The other two gentlemen uh, that I'm interested in, uh, Master Charles Albert Bailey, he had the been awarded the OBE um, before the end of the Second World War. He died in March 1946 as the result of, of a war injury. We're not quite certain what that was, 
but he was living in Barry with his wife in Tenuith Road. And again, it would be wonderful to see a photograph of him, as it would be Sergeant Ernest William John Wilson, who'd been mentioned in dispatches while serving with the Royal Air Force, and he died at home of his war-related injuries in 1947, and he's buried in Merthyr Dyfn Cemetery. So some interesting stories there and background around the individuals you're looking for for this uh, Second World War Book of Remembrance. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they think they've got information or maybe no links or maybe involved in their family tree, these individuals you've mentioned? Yeah, if people would like to get in touch with me, you can do so through my website, which is www.jonathanhicks.co.uk, um, and the email link is on there, and I would very much like people, if they have photographs of these six gentlemen to get in touch with me as soon as possible so that we can add them to the Book of Remembrance for the Second World War. And you can read out more about Dr Jonathan Hicks' works to create a definitive Second World War role of honour book on the news pages right now at borradio.fm where you can find out more about each of the individuals he's looking for more details on and how to get in touch with him.
you're listening to Vale this week here on Bro Radio. Now, in the last couple of weeks, we've heard quite a lot about the Luke Littler effect, with the 17-year-old making a huge difference to the world of darts. But has that now hit the Vale of Glamorgan? A club in Cogan has recently launched its new under-18s darts club, and it's seen huge interest with its first couple of weeks. So we caught up with Dean Ford earlier in the week from the Cogan Coronation Club to find out more about the excitement around the world of darts. And we began by asking a little bit about Cogan Coronation Club. Well, it's a it's a social club where you know we offer you know, non-members. Members have got access to the to a number of facilities in there. You know, with Sky Sports, um, we have Skittles teams playing from there. Uh, men's darts, there's pool table. We've got a function room upstairs, the lounge area. Um, obviously, Cogan being a small, tight knit community, and and due to obviously since COVID, really, um, it is now the only pub club, whatever you want to call it. In, in this whole area, um, the nearest here now would be up to Penarth Town Centre. Um, so it's, uh, it's important to the local community that we, we treat, try and keep it, keep it alive, um, for all ages. And in the last couple of weeks, you've launched this under 18s darts club as well, you know, getting more people off the streets, but also into darts. How did the idea for the club and, and the under 18 sessions come about? Um, my son's been into darts now, um, probably for nine months or so. Um, so just playing with him, um, him taking him down there and playing with a few of the younger adults and, and older adults as well. And obviously since the world championships, you know, you've got what we want to call the Luke Littler effect. Um, a lot of his friends have got into it and we just looked around and there's nowhere for under 18s to go and play, play darts, you know, pubs and clubs don't want under 18s and unsupervised going in there and playing and things like that as well, which you know, understandably so. Um, so I just thought, well, We've got a facility here. Um, you know, we've got a couple of um, dartboard setups in the lounge area uh, where we thought, well, we could access that. Monday nights, uh, a quiet night in the club anyway. Quiet night probably in the industry across the board. Um, so I thought, well, if I start that, you know, the supervised parents can stay. It's getting people through the door. It's getting the club um, noticed by the wider community as well. And also giving, giving somewhere for under 18s to go and enjoy playing socializing and meeting new people as well and you talk about older 18s there obviously there's been increased exposure on darts as a whole at the minute though that luke little effect that's been talked about quite a lot he's only 17 so potentially you know the same age group as some of the young people coming through your club now how much of a kind of an impact has that had in terms of the interest you've had in this club in the first couple of weeks oh it's massive um you know i think i think a lot of the, the children look and see like you just said you know this is this is a guy who well, I'd say, I'd say, guy, this is a child, effectively, in some people's eyes. Um, you know, he can't go and buy a pint. He can't just walk into a club and, and buy a pint or things like that. So this is someone where they can look up to and actually be like, well, if he can do it, why can't, why can't we? You know, we got youngsters in there from 12, came along. So we started it when last week was our second week and the numbers, the numbers doubled. Um, we got people coming from, from Cardiff coming down from, from Dennis Powis, from, from Panath as well, as well as Cogan. So obviously it's getting out there and that, like you said, the loop letter effect is, is, is real, you know, and we're seeing that firsthand. And obviously with any sport, I guess, there's also a social side to it as well. You mentioned getting people off the streets, getting away from Xboxes. How important is that in terms of getting young people together for that social aspect too? Oh, it's great. I think that's where, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to do it as well, um, things I've thought of over the years with, you know, when I was growing up, you had youth clubs to go to, there was play schemes in the summer and things like that, you know, and now seeing, like I said, having a 14, almost 15 year old son myself, you know, seeing the, the fact that they come home from school and they want to play, 
on their on their Xbox and Playstations. There's no need for them to go out and play with their mates anymore because it's all done virtually and and over a headset or a telephone and, and things like that. So getting them getting people out in in a real environment with real people playing playing something real. You know, I'm watching them just interact with people who they don't even know. So you know, there's there's kids coming along who don't know each other. Um, you know, there's people there who could be, you know, might not be in a, a good in a social environment, and they're coming along and they're they're mixing in. And like I said, it's it's just great to see kids being kids as well. To be honest. And if someone's listening to this, and maybe someone they know or a young person they know is interested in darts, how can they find out more and and come along and be part of the club? Um, I mean. You know, we don't, we're not having anyone pre-register, you know, just come along on a, on a Monday evening. Um, it's all being run through, um, our social media on Facebook and, and Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it these days, um, where you can, uh, message us ourselves. I mean, it's myself who deals with the social media. So, uh, the messages come through to me. If anyone wants any more information, um, you know, feel free to, to drop us a message, um, and we can answer them. Not a problem. That was Dean Ford from Cogan Coronation Club talking about the excitement around darts and their new under-18s club. You can find out more by searching for Cogan Coronation FC online to get all the latest on that club, which looks really, really exciting. Still to come before 8 o'clock this evening, we'll get a roundup of the week's local sport here in the Vale of Glamorgan with our reporter, Gareth Joy. This is Bro Radio. Bro Radio. Barian Vale house cleaning team. Always professional and immaculate cleans. We're bright and breezy. your space now and quite how much we really look forward to you getting in touch it's nice and easy we clean easy call us now to inquire on 01446 502 078 if you fancy a visit to the shops have to get the kids to school or fancy a night out with the girls Vale Taxis on Barry 747 We're Barry's reliable taxi service and will always greet you with a smile. Vale Taxis are family run and always on time. So if you've got to be somewhere fast, you know who to call. Vale Taxis on Barry 747 From Sully to St. Hilary. The Vale's local radio station.
You're listening to the Nail this week from Bro Radio. Now we've already been talking darts, but here let's talk about the rest of the week sport in the Vale of Camorgan with our reporter, Gareth Joy. Good evening, Gareth. Evening, Nathan. Yes, and far too old now to be a Luke Lisler. <laughs> uh, let's begin, though, in the Cymru Leagues with this week's sport. There's a week or so left of the January transfer window, and we've already seen quite a bit of movement among our Cymru League teams. Yes, uh, two in, one out at uh, Bowie Town United. Troy Greenin has left Jenna Park by mutual cons- mutual consent. He spent much of the past 11 years there, making 224 appearances, scoring 17 goals. He won four league titles along the way. Of course, they returned to the company premier twice in that time as well, and he qualified for European competition twice. A mainstay during the Gavin Chesterfield era, as he was as well under Chesterfield's successor, Lee Kendall, last season, when, of course, they won that treble. Uh, but um, slightly less under Steve Jenkins, he appeared 11 more times in the company premiere before uh, bowing out, although his next move remains unknown. A club spokesperson described Greening as a central figure and a key cog in the system for Bowie for a number of years and insisting he'll always be welcome in the stands at Jenner Park. Lanswit have been busy as well. Their third signing of the January transfer window was Kim Williams, the Carnarvon-born left-back, joining the Company South Club after an 18-month spell at Company Premier Club. Cardiff Mets have been previously come through the youth ranks at both Swansea City and Wrexham. He's also represented Wales at youth level in the under-16s and the under-18s. He was, in fact, one of the youngest players ever to turn out for Wrexham, and this is before they really hit the big time, as a substitute in a Scottish Challenge Cup game against uh, United. And uh, Williams already been made to feel um, welcome at Lawn Melling Wins as well. And let's stay with Lanter Major. Another big win in their fight for Cymru South survival at the weekend. Three wins out of three. It must be said when you've been beaten, when you've beat three of the top six teams in the past three weeks. That really is really good going, it must be honest with you, because uh, Lantwit beating Avonlido by a goal to nil off the back of wins over uh, Avonlido, over uh, Britain, Fadian, Sowell, I should say, and Ammonford. Joel Wunnington with the only goal. Uh, the hosts uh, didn't, the visitors, I should say, uh, didn't really help their own matters uh, by uh, being reduced to 10 men for most of that game. But uh, the critical, critical point is that uh, Lantwit are now only three points of safety. But bear in mind that their nearest rivals, Pontedawa Town, still have two games in hand. They do have a weekend off, though, uh, next in action away at Kali'ili on the 2nd of February. Meanwhile, Barry, they're still in winter break mode, but they've learned their fixtures for Phase 2 of the Cymru Premier campaign. Indeed they have, and they will kick off the uh, playoff conference at home to Pontypridd United, who, of course, this week unveiled their latest uh, manager, uh, Gavin Allen, uh, taking over as they look to avoid uh, relegation. Incidentally, there won't be a reunion with Lee Kendall at Jenner Park because uh, his uh, contract expired earlier this month. So Barry beginning the league running Eight points clear of the drop zone following those back-to-back wins over Newtown and Aberystwyth. They follow up their clash with Ponzi with another Saturday lunchtime kickoff at Pennabonce on the 10th of February. That'll be streamed live across Scoliol's streaming platforms, including YouTube and Facebook. And there's also a Friday night clash after that at home to Hanover West County on the 23rd of February. And subject to any changes, because, well, we do not well know what the weather's like at this time of year, season comes to an end on the 21st of April 
when Bowie travelled to Colwyn Bay. By then, we should get a much clearer idea of how, how things will be as far as, uh, well, who goes, who possibly gets a playoff place at the end of the season, and indeed who will go down to the Cumley North or the Cumley South. You'll find full match commentary, of course, of all of Bowie, Bowie's remaining games this season at broradio.fm slash sports. And let's end on ice hockey. How are the Cardiff Devils' hopes for the Elite League title looking? Currently third in the table, Nathan, um, but so they did have a double week, uh, win over the weekend, actually. They uh, fought back from 4-2 down to earn a dramatic shootout win by four goals to five. Uh, five goals to four, I should say, against Guildford, Guildford Flames uh, on Sunday night. Uh, and that, of course, uh, came off after Dun- uh, the Devils beat Dundee Stars 7-4 for their first l- home league win of 2024 at uh, the Ice Arena Wales. Uh, Flames, in fact, have a chance to earn revenge on Devils in Cardiff when the teams meet again next Saturday night. But looking at the table, I would say that Belfast Giants remain, well, in fact, Sheffield Steelers, in fact, remain the hot favourites to win the title. They're on 51 points. Belfast, Belfast Giants, I should say, last week, last year's champions, a second on 38. Cardiff Devils only a point behind them in third. So it seems pretty much like a race for second, but don't count them out just yet. And that was The Veil this week from Bro Radio. Don't forget, this programme is all about the stories, issues and events affecting the towns and villages that make up The Veil of Cornwall. So if you've got something you'd like us to be talking about, get in touch with us by emailing Veil this week at broradio.fm. And you can catch The Veil this week on air every Wednesday night at 7 or listen back to the entire show via broradio.fm forward slash listen again. This is Bro Radio. If you want pet supplies delivered free to your door or dream of having a beautiful garden, then Uno's Pet and Garden Store in Clanwood Major is the name to know. From poultry to puppies, horses to hamsters, whatever the pet, we have what you need, including food, treats and treatments. We also stock all your garden essentials, so whether you're a green-fingered expert or a less prolific planter, we have everything you need for your perfect garden and offer free delivery to the majority of the Vale with no minimum order. Visit us online now at unospetstore.com that's unospetstore.com. The fun begins with a roll of the dice, and the odds are in your favour. When you start the games at Loaded Dice, from D&D to Warhammer, board games to trading cards, we even have puzzles, Hornby trains, plus a huge range of scale models such as Airfix, Revel and Tamiya, and an even bigger selection of paints. Loaded Dice offers a massive choice of hobbies, games, toys and collectibles. Discover them all in store on Holton Road in Barry, or shop online at loaderdice.uk. Read the latest local news for the Vale of Glamorgan online at broradio.fm. The Vale's local radio station. On FM, DAB+, mobile, online, and on your smart speaker. This is Bro Radio. From the Sky News Centre at 8, Ukraine's challenged Moscow's claim that it